All right, turn with me to uh, the 22nd Psalm. And verse 1. And many of you may already know this, but this is really a, this chapter, we see Jesus very, very clearly throughout this, this 22nd Psalm. Of course, we know in the New Testament when we hear Jesus quoting and the apostles and uh, quoting and alluding to the Old Testament. And oftentimes they quote the prophets. And uh, Peter quoted David quite extensively. But what's interesting about the quotes where they're quoting David is really they're quoting David prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this is one of those prophecies in uh, the 22nd Psalm. Verse 1 says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Now, what was it that Jesus said when he was on the cross? He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And we ask the question, this same question here, why? Why did God forsake him? And really the answer is because of my sins. Because of your sins. That's why God forsook him. In verse 2, O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent. Now, you've got to remember that uh, when Jesus took upon himself human flesh, and even, let me see which verse. In in, uh, verse 9, let me read verse 9 to you. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breasts. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Now, uh, let me just say quickly, just a quick side note here that the moment of conception, there is a life. Now, Jesus was conceived of the Holy Ghost. John the Baptist, um, his parents, Zacharias and Elizabeth, and we read about John the Baptist being in the womb, never in the Bible uh, is the child referred to as a fetus or something like that. A mother is always that, that's with child, it's always with child. That's a life. I used to, uh, um, back when we were doing a lot of traveling, um, 
we would see all these different billboards. And I don't know who paid for all these billboards, but there was some Christian institution, a church or something, that put up a lot of billboards, especially when you were going through Missouri. And um, one of them, you all may have seen it yourself, said abortion stops a beating heart. Um, this these midterm elections that we just had, and I still don't know, I don't know what the end result of all that is. I know we, that the Republicans won some and they lost some. There's still some that are uh, undecided. But um, I, I read a quote that someone uh, was quoting from Fox News. Now, if I, if I can remember how it went, something to the effect of, I think Republicans are finally beginning to realize that uh, abortion is an issue that people care about. What a sad statement to make. What a sad, sad statement to make. We, we look at the condition of this world and things are getting bad, no doubt. Uh, in, here in the United States, things are getting bad and, and uh, to where... NPR, by the way, what is that, National Public Radio? Did y'all hear about what they did? I didn't listen to it. I listened to a portion of it that's another conservative... Um, person was talking about and they said that the rest of it is just too satanic to even play but they they played the sound recording from start to finish of an abortion on the airwaves now they're liberal they're liberal and in doing such a thing they thought that was going to help them win let that sink in of how far down this country and a lot of people in this country have gone. They played that from beginning to end and the, the voices of the nurses that you heard talking was like, oh, it's all going to be all right. It's this and that. Like it was a good thing. Listen, life in the womb is life. And uh, we see that all throughout the scriptures. But um, anyways, uh, in verse number two here, it says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Now, this is what I want you to understand here. God took upon himself human flesh. This does not mean that he was no longer God. There are those who will take certain things, certain doctrines and portions of that doctrine, and they'll try to twist it all up. Of course, Satan does that, right? Satan's the one that's behind it, really. They'll twist it all up. And in uh, my dealings with with Muslims, uh, first off, you do need to understand that just like most people who call themselves Christians 
don't really know a whole lot about the Bible, don't really know a whole lot about what they claim to be. That is also true with Muslims. Most Muslims don't really know a whole lot about the Quran. They don't really know a whole lot about the teachings. Uh, and, you know, um, in my dealings with, uh, with Muslims, they'll say things like, uh, so you believe Jesus is God and you believe he died. Well, yes, he is God. And yes, as a human, he died. But no, God did not die. <laughs> Amen. Because God is a spirit. And by the way, let me just point this out. You are, tri uh, what's the word used? Tripartite being. You are a tripartite being. Body, soul, and spirit. Death, according to the scriptures, is a separation. It's not just going into non-existence. According to the scriptures, death is a separation when our soul separates from the body, but our soul is going somewhere. Right. The question is where? When, when we read in the book of John, uh, chapter 3, and let me just turn there real quick. John chapter 3, we know verse number 16, but I want to read to you uh, some verses below verse 16. So John 3, oh, hold on a second. I flipped too far and I'm in 1 John. I'm having a hard time finding it there. St. <laughs> John chapter 3 and verse number 17 says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Verse 18 says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, a couple things I can point out with this. Um, the, the verse that says uh, in, in verse 17, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. The world is already condemned. The sending of His Son wasn't to condemn the world. The sending of His Son is that we might believe and be saved. And um, so He says in verse 18 again, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What is His name? Jesus? What about in the Old Testament? And, and is this still considered Old Testament uh, here before He died on the cross? 
Is this not still considered Old Testament? I know a lot of people it is. I mean, they go really, really deep into the Old Testament. doesn't end until Jesus died on that cross and rose again. And that's when the, New, the Old Testament ended and the New Testament began. I won't necessarily argue over that with them, but if that's the case, let's read this verse again in uh, John chapter 3. In verse 17, before he died on the cross, before he rose again, and he's saying, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And in verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. This isn't future tense. This is present tense. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Y'all remember what Jesus, the name Jesus means. It means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. And all throughout the Old Testament, you know, when we consider some of the, uh, the prophecies that, let's just say our great-grandparents, that when they read some of the things, especially considering the technology we have today, they didn't have a clue. They believed it was going to happen, though, but they didn't know how. And, and one I like to use a lot is in the book of Daniel where it says that people will be going to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. What's the going to and fro? Well, according to uh, whoever, uh, there's a documentary called uh, City in the Sky. According to that documentary, this is before COVID, so I don't know if it's picked up. I know everything kind of slowed down, but one million people a day in the air flying all over the world. It's a fascinating documentary. If you've never seen it, it's only, I think, four hours altogether, or maybe it's only two hours. It seems like it's only, you don't watch it all at one time. It's divided into episodes. <laughs> But uh, we're living in those days that are, you know, you go back a hundred years. When, when was the airplane invented? I, I forget. Let's just say 200, go back 200 years. And we didn't have airplanes. Um, what used to take months to go from place to place, we can do it in a matter of hours now matter of hours and then what about the knowledge being increased my goodness knowledge at our fingertips you know our great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents they may not have understood all these things but assuming they knew the Lord I know my just thinking back to my grandfather uh, and he used to ask me after the smartphones came out, he would look at that and cell phones, even just cell phones, it didn't have to be a smartphone. So how in the world does that work? No wires? Especially after the smartphones came out and you, without any wires or anything, you get audio and video. Amazing. And we've got information stored in what we call the cloud. It's really a huge, I don't know if y'all have ever seen any pictures of these huge warehouses where they have 
all their databases, their hard drives. But all that information is really being stored somewhere. Um, and there's several big companies that have all this information, which, by the way, um, anything that goes into the cloud is not considered solely your property. Um, just a little side note here, okay? Anything that goes into the cloud, the, the government, good or bad, can technically uh, look at it and use it without your knowledge of them even doing it. If you don't believe that, just do a little bit of research yourself and you'll find out. Um, I've just determined for myself when it comes to social media and anything that I do over the internet, God knows everything anyway. I just don't do anything that I don't want other people to know. My Facebook account, for example, I don't have any privacy settings put on it at all because really they don't mean anything. I just know anything I put out there is public knowledge. Now, back in this verse again, um, verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The Old Testament, in the Old Testament, as we see here back in, in this 22nd Psalm, David was prophesying concerning Jesus Christ. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why, hast thou, uh, why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am not silent, but thou art holy. O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel, our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. We could look at the 52nd, 53rd book of Isaiah and see as well. Why is this the case concerning the Lord Jesus Christ? Because he took my sins and your sins upon himself. Amen. Now, the, the, the parts in this, and we're not going to go over this entire psalm tonight. Uh, we don't have time. But when you read through this psalm and you keep all this in mind, and the verses that I read about uh, him uh, praying and the Lord not, how was it that in verse, uh, verse three, but thou, uh, verse two, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. You know, the Bible says that he was tempted in all points, like as you and I are yet without sin. The fact that he took upon himself human flesh and he grew up, you know, he, he uh, just as, we, we see the children in here. He, from a, an infant, from a baby, and he grew up. He, he, the Bible doesn't give us a whole lot of details of his childhood, just a, a short glimpse when he was about 12 years old, we, we get of his childhood. Uh, but he didn't, you know, as a newborn babe, 
like Adam and Eve, when God created Adam and Eve, they were created. So we can ask the question, how old was Adam and Eve on day one? Well, they were one day old. But they were created with all the knowledge that they needed. They pre-programmed, I guess you could say. They were able to talk. They, were, they weren't infants. They were full grown. When, but when Jesus became a human, he came as a child. And he lived on this earth as a human being like you and I do. And uh, everything it took to be human, he was. What I'm getting at is he understands. When we go through things, when we pray, and it seems like our prayers aren't being answered. The trials that we have, the things we go through, not just adults, but children also. Amen? He says in, in, um, in verse number six, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him seeing he delighted in him. Isn't that what they said when he was hanging on the cross? He says he believes in God. Let's see if God will save him. But you know, that's why he came. He took upon himself human flesh. He lived a perfect life. He fought against the whatever persuasions and temptations or whatever, but he did not give in to them. He did not sin. He lived a perfect life. And as a result, that is why he was able to die on the cross in our place. In verse 9, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb, that thou, uh, thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gapped upon me with their mouths. Uh, as a ravening and a roaring lion, I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul 
from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto thy brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. I'm not stopping and commenting on a lot of this, but I think y'all are catching a lot of these places where we see what happened to him. The, The account we have in the New Testament where he was on the cross. His bones, there's not a broken bone in his body. Uh, They pierced his side and in the New Testament says water came out. Um, In verse 25, my praise shall be of thee. And I might just read uh, the rest of this and we'll close with the reading of the rest of the psalm. Verse 25, my praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. What did Jesus say? Blessed are the meek. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. It's everlasting life. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord. And all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. One of these days, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Verse 28, for the kingdom is the Lord's and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare His righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that He hath done this. I'm going to close with John 3.16. I know I close with that a lot.